Hey, it's Chris Clear here, host of More Morgulons. i got a special guest on the show today. I'm Inspector Sherlock Holmes. I prefer the pronouns she or Herlock. Welcome to the show, Herlock. Um, why are you on the show? I'm an investigator specializing in the solution to criminal problems. Well, I've got a problem, and I think it might be a crime against humanity and me. It's called Morgulons disease. Never heard of it, my dear Watson. The name's Crystal. Can you help me trace the trace evidence back to the crime scene and the perpetrator? I am a specialist in forensic trace evidence, which is hairs, fibers, and yes, glitter. Uh, perfect. <laughs> Sounds like you're the morgue hunter. That's great. Just like today's episode of More Morgulons. A forensic scientist with a love for glitter and a specialty in trace evidence. Well, the funny way to describe trace evidence is anything that doesn't bleed or go bang. <laughs> okay, okay, leave the funny to me, Ed. In reality, trace evidence is pretty much anything which can be compared and or analyzed. Even though trace implies it's small, sometimes we deal with very large things. The common thinking of trace evidence is hairs, fibers, soil. Fibers, hairs, foils. Check, check, check. Glitter falls into the same category as all trace evidence in that anytime there is a contact there's a transfer and in all cases involving trace evidence there's always the triangle between victim suspect and crime scene and you're always trying to link those three together and one of the reasons why glitter is so good is because it's so small and it's so hard to clean up so that's the voice of retired investigator edwin jones who has the world's largest glitter collection although i'm not so sure about that take a look at my face and this will be the guy to do it because he's a forensic scientist i'm about to try to stalk him down on the internet and ask him to look at the watermelon galan yes the green and pink glitter galan check out more morgulons youtube if you want to see that bad boy and others like the gold hexagon and all the hexamorga glitter galans out there and ask him his opinion what he thinks it is and he actually got like 150 different samples from them. He's referring to a friend of his who was also a forensic scientist in the police department who went and worked for one of the manufacturers of glitter. Go back to the More Morgulons episode, All That Glitters Is Not Gold, for more information about the mysterious glitter industry and its mysterious top client, still to this day unknown. 150 different samples from them and was able to pay for them through the California Association of Criminalists, and then he distributed those samples, and I got those samples as a nice chunk into my collection. And that is what we call the matchbox side. Whenever I was doing my collecting and buying them, whenever I buy them, it doesn't really say who manufactures it. It just says who distributes it. Really kind of difficult for any kind of serious tracking or tracing. While that may be true, you could also argue that glitter is the quintessential trace evidence since it is so unique and doesn't just happen by happenstance. This is a man-made object, closely guarded trade secret, and constant, for me, contaminant of my wounds and my skin since I got Morgulons. No, it's not makeup. No, it's not a Christmas greeting card. Thank you, Charles E. Holman Foundation, for that incredibly useless, unsupported, unsubstantiated suggestion. Listen, you guys, when you clean your face, you wipe it down with alcohol, 
And then you go scoping with the dermatoscope and all you can fucking see is glitter embedded in your wounds, in your intact skin. Y'all go check out the YouTube One More Glow channel. I know I just said that for the second time and you're like, all this lady does is sit here and talk about herself, which I would say is a fair critique, but also you haven't called me. Leave me a voicemail, anchor, platform. It's easier on the desktop out here. Yeah, or you send me an email at moremorelines.gmail.com. It just might take me a while to get back to you. I'm really flaky when it comes to people and skin. But I do want to hear from you, and I'm here for you. We are all alone in this together. So thank you for listening, and stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I want to share with you an article that I just happened upon called Glitter as Forensic Evidence by Bob Blackledge. He's a retired criminalist, and um, you can get in touch with him at bigpurple at cox.net. Big bigpurplecox.net. All right, at cox.net. Um statement of the problem. The purpose of this paper is to provide a general review of glitter as associative evidence. This general review's ultimate goal will be to assist forensic laboratories in their preparation of a validated protocol for both the collection of glitter, trace evidence from suspects, victims, and evidence, and for the forensic individualization comparison of glitter trace evidence. Why the fuck wasn't Bob Blackledge on the CDC investigation team. They brought Kaiser, they brought the armed forces that you should have brought Bob. What are the properties of the ideal contact trace? Locard's principle states that every contact leaves a trace. In criminal cases, these exchanged traces may help to show an association between suspects, victims, and crime scenes. However, not all potential contact traces are of equal evidential value. Before we consider the specific properties of glitter, let's consider the hypothetical properties of the ideal contact trace. At the conclusion of this paper, we will then consider how closely glitter approaches this ideal. 1. Nearly invisible. If exchanged traces are readily visible, the suspect will likely be aware of them and either take measures to remove them or discard those items bearing obvious traces. 2. High probability of transfer and retention. The larger GSR particles typically either don't transfer or rapidly fall off. Tiny particles of just about anything readily transfer and cling because of static electricity. 3. Highly individualistic. Trace evidence is class rather than individual type evidence. The smaller the class or subclass into which a particle type of trace evidence may be assigned, the greater its evidential value. For example, although common, although white cotton fibers 
may be nearly invisible and may have a high probability of transfer and retention, they are too common and, for now, have little potential for discrimination. 4. Easily collected, separated, and concentrated. Dandruff might have great value as, a, as associative evidence, but how do you collect it, separate it from other debris, and separate out and characterize only that dandruff originating from a particular suspect or victim? 5. Mirror traces are easily characterized. 6. Searchable via computerized database. For associative evidence to have value, there must be means for an assessment of its rarity, even if this is only a general estimate. This assessment is greatly facilitated if the properties of the evidence type can be entered into a searchable database. For example, way back in the 1960s, Elmer Miller of the FBI laboratory began a database for glass trace evidence. With each new case having glass as trace evidence, he would not only measure its properties, density, refractive index, etc., and make new entries, he could also search the, the database to see how frequently glass with these properties had been encountered previously. One of the reasons that the microscopic comparison, no DNA, of human head and pubic hairs remains such a controversial area Area is that almost all the measurements are subjective and cannot be entered into a computer computer searchable database. Therefore, although all agree that through microscopic comparisons alone it is not possible to individualize human head or pubic hairs, any assessment of rarity must be done on an ad hoc basis. Natural redheads are rarer than those with black hair and is highly subjective. Number seven will survive most environmental insults. Human odors might be quite distinctive, but think how quickly they are lost from a room or break down and change of emanating from a dead body. Until the advent of DNA profiling, one of the limitations of various enzyme systems used for typing blood stains was their tendency to break down with time. Now that we know a little bit about trace evidence in forensic science, let's talk about glitter. What is glitter? Glitter is entirely man-made. It starts out as large rolls of foil or plastic, may consist of several individual layers, and is cut into tiny particles. To minimize waste, the glitter pieces are cut into shapes that can entirely fill a two-dimensional surface, i.e. hexagons, squares, or rectangles. On labels for cosmetic products, glitter may be confused with shimmer. Shimmer most often begins as tiny pieces of mica. Coatings of titanium dioxide can add color, which color depends on the thickness of the coating, and sparkle, and other coatings such as iron oxides or bismuth oxychloride may also be present. Like glitter, shimmer has potential as associative evidence, however, shimmer will not be considered in this paper. Glitter may be found in just about every type of cosmetic product. It is extensively used in arts and crafts, often by children, and I hardly received a Christmas card, if I can use that term in a paper that will appear in a U.S. government publication, that didn't use the decorative effect of glitter. It is extensively used for decoration on garments and is incorporated in clear plastic products. Just as with other types of trace evidence, the more manufacturers there are, the better our chances of being able to discriminate between glitter particles originating from different sources. Although the number of manufacturers keeps changing, there are at least a dozen worldwide, including Pakistan, China, Korea, three in the USA, two in Germany, two in India, and two in Taiwan. So 
that's a total of 12 manufacturers and 50% of it if you count Taiwan as being part of China and uh, China sure as fuck does 50% of glitter is made either in the US or in China slash Taiwan three in the United States so that's a total of half of all glitter is made in either the US China Taiwan and the other half is made in India, Pakistan, and Germany. Just interesting. Um, there are some companies that just make the film but do not cut it into glitter. And there are other companies that just buy the film from these manufacturers and then cut it into glitter. How to find and recover glitter from suspects, victims, and evidence? Because the individual glitter particles act like tiny mirrors in reflecting light, individual glitter particles are easily located with a flashlight under subdued light. If you are specifically looking for glitter particles, this is likely to be more efficient than just generally tape lifting a large area. As potential glitter particles are located, they may be collected with tape lifts, although I personally prefer using post-it notes. The glue on transparent tape is stronger and when you try to remove the particles from the tape, it might be damaged in the process and there is also a greater chance that some glue from the tape will be transferred to the glitter particle and may confuse subsequent characterization examinations. Man, this guy's a fucking expert in Morgulons and he don't even know it. We gotta get this guy on our team. Um, the glue on post-it notes is strong enough to remove individual glitter particles from most surfaces and yet it is weaker so that the particles can be picked off without damage and without transferring any of the adhesive material. The notes are also handy for writing down all the essential evidence, documentation, case number, location where found, date, time, technicians, initials, etc. If the unfolded post-it note is just slipped into a clear cell sealing plastic bag the trace examiner back at the crime lab lab can perform a preliminary inspection using a stereo binocular microscope without even having to remove the post-it note from the plastic bag and as long as your morgulon doesn't escape like my glitter iridescent hexagon morgulon did one time it actually wasn't a hexagon it was a polygon which is weird in and of itself based upon the glitter expertise of this official government report on glitter this is crazy y'all but i digress so he goes on and talks about um location 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 sometimes the location where trace evidence is found is every bit as important as evidence itself um then he kind of tells this kind of crazy hypothetical story it's not really relevant to our conversation but then he gets to variation and characterization of glitter because of space limitations i will very briefly outline some of the many ways in which glitter may vary and describe appropriate tests that will characterize this variation a color some companies offer as many as 44 different colors does this mean that one can find 44 different colors if they examine individual glitter particles no Glitter particles are so tiny that you can achieve just about any color you want if you thoroughly mix glitter particles of the appropriate different shades and in the right ratios. Note bene, the color of the glitter particles you see en masse may not be the color of any of the individual particles as viewed under your microscope. Okay. 
B, size. Several companies offer glitter in 10 or more sizes, starting from 0.002 inches or 50 microns, all the way up to 6,250 microns. Um, he's talking about a quarter inch, I believe there. Size is easily measured using a calibrated reticule, reticule, reticule on your optical microscope. Hexagonal glitter particles are measured from one apex to the opposite apex, and square glitter particles are measured as the length of a side. Shape. Usually hexagonal, most common, square, next most common, or rectangular. Glitter particles are usually so small that it is not intended that an observer will be able to discern a shape. They only see a flash of reflected light. Yeah, that's why it's crazy, the Morgulons that are large shapes, especially the ones I have that are not even any of the shapes that he just listed. You guys, these things are man-made. It's crazy. <laughs> why do we have this, Morgulons? Thickness. Uh, glitter particles usually have at least three or more distinct layers. Even metallic glitter particles that consist of a single layer of aluminum will usually be coated on each side with a protective polymer layer. The world's largest glitter manufacturer, Meadowbrook Inventions, meadowbrookinventions.com, y'all, we got to check that out later, claims on their website to have an excess of 20,000 different glitter products, and they offer glitter in at least eight different thicknesses, ranging from 15 microns all the way up to 175 microns. Thickness, y'all, thickness. Um, using calibrated thickness standards, determine with your optical microscope what change in thickness occurs per 360-degree rotation of the fine focus adjustment. With an individual glitter particle lying flat on the stage, get the stage in sharp focus. Move over the glitter particle and see how much of a rotation on the fine focus adjustment is required to bring the top of the glitter particle into sharp focus. Glitter particles often tend to stack, stack like pancakes, so it is important that you are sure that you're only measuring the thickness of a single glitter particle. So for all y'all out there scoping, he's telling you how to even scope these things. Thanks, Bob. Um, okay, E, specific gravity. Because individual particles typically consist of several different layers of varying thickness of either metal, aluminum, and plastic, or just different layers of plastic, they vary in specific gravity. Meadowbrook Inventions offers glitter particles in seven different specific gravities, ranging from 1.2 to 2.5. Haven't used your sink float apparatus on glass fragments in ages because you know that a glass refractive index and specific gravity are highly correlated? Take it out of your storage cabinet and try it out on glitter particles. Well, I'll do that, Bob, when I get a fucking sink float apparatus and the next Morgulon comes out of my face. I'll be sure to do that. Um, F, polarized light microscopy. So far, polarized light microscopy hasn't proved especially useful. Okay. G, holographic glitter. Some glitters particles achieve their color through an optical effect produced by diffraction gratings. The distance between grating lines, another measurable characteristic, determines the color. So this is actually what I've been talking about when I describe glitters as striated. 
that's what I'm talking about. They have lines on them, but these glitters are huge. And so I just, I don't know what Morgs glitters are, y'all, but they're, I don't know, they're weird. They're holographic glitter, I guess. Holographic glitter. How many people make holographic glitter? Glitter particles are either opaque, contain a metal layer, or even if translucent, are optically too thick to give high quality FTIR spectra, either in transmission, even in a diamond compressed cell, or in the reflectance mode. An FTIR microscope is um, an infrared microscope. I looked them up on eBay. Apparently you can get used one for around 1500 bucks, but they're pretty expensive. Then he goes on to say, um, so we're going to skip over a little bit. Bear in mind that glitter particles have two sides. The polymeric material on one side may be different from that on the other side. Remember what polymeric means, y'all, from the last episode? Go listen to it if you haven't about conductive hydrogels. Um, but polymeric means made out of polymers. What are polymers? Basically everything. Um, some glitter particles have a separate coating on one side. Uh, I, dispersive Raman microspectrum troposcopy with confocal imaging. In many respects, Raman microspectroscopy may be the perfect technique for the chemical characterization of the various layers in a glitter particle. No sample preparation is required, it's non-destructive, and it is highly discriminating. If only the systems didn't cost roughly $150,000. With confocal imaging and spectral subtraction, one can identify polymeric surface layers as well as those different polymeric layers at greater depth. Confocal imaging doesn't work with glitter particles having one or more opaque metal layers, but these particles can be stood on edge and the polymer layers can then be identified. Fascinating. Vehicle. Cosmetic glitter is often contained and applied in some sort of vehicle, spray or roll on lipstick, etc. For loose cosmetic glitter, wearers may first apply a thin layer of petroleum jelly so that the glitter particles will adhere and not as readily fall off. Glitter for the arts and crafts may be in glues or paints. Glitter applied to fabrics for decoration must be held by some type of non-soluble adhesive. Although an area requiring more research, the potential exists that minute traces of the vehicle may still be adhering to recovered glitter particles and they too may be chemically characterized okay well the vehicle for mine bob is a bunch of fucking hairs can you help me i got trace evidence wrapped in trace evidence i gotta call this guy purple cox i'm doing it um cutting machine anomalies if two different companies purchase their rolls of glitter film from the same manufacturer and then separately cut this film into individual glitter particles, their glitter particles should be chemically identical. However, due to differences in cutting machines, it may still be possible to differentiate particles originating from the two sources. There have been several cases where many of the recovered glitter particles exhibited shapes that were less than perfect hexagons and less than perfect squares often have a tab that sticks up as with an index card. Nope, never seen that. I've seen polygons though. Review. How close is glitter to the ideal contact trace? One, it's nearly invisible. We normally don't actually see glitter particles. We just see the light they reflect. Suspects are not likely to be aware of their presence. Two, high probability of transfer and retention. Being light and small, glitter traces readily transfer. Highly individualistic. 
we listed at least 11 ways that glitter particles may vary and can be characterized. Four, easily collected, separated, and concentrated. Just need a flashlight and some post-it notes. Five, mere traces easily characterized. Only a single glitter particle is required. Although more particles would better argue against accidental transfer from a source totally unrelated to the victim or crime scene. Six, searchable via computerized database. Every property we have considered is capable of being measured and the results entered into a searchable database. As such, a database grows from entries obtained from actual case examples. Assessments of rarity become increasingly more reliable. Seven, will survive most environmental insults. Glitter particles have been found in auto carpeting after several years and could still be compared. Also true of particles found in the hair of a dead body that have been exposed to the elements for weeks. By my score, it's 7 out of 7. Glitter might even surpass carpet fibers as being the most nearly perfect contact trace. And then he goes on to give um, three case examples. Glitter has already featured as important associative evidence in numerous cases. Case examples include three different glitter types. Glitter in cosmetic products, glitter used in arts and crafts, and glitter used in decorations on clothing. You guys look down at what you're wearing. Are you wearing anything with glitter on it? Nope, me neither. Now get a microscope and look in your skin if it's clean and not makeup. Does it have glitter in it? Then you got more lines. Sorry, sucks. I know it really sucks. I'm so sorry. All right, then this is fascinating. He's got a picture of a Missouri homicide case. Sex, there's three pictures of glitter. Suspects, jeans, victims, bedspread, victims, jeans. And there's just a bunch of glitter that's clearly related cutting machine anomaly he found in the these things aren't perfect squares they're all kind of shitty glitters um, that's what you get when you buy it from china um, notice one quarter tends to be rounded and an adjacent quarter tends to have a protrusion illinois kidnapping and sexual assault uh, a derelict grabbed a young girl walking woods near her home with a knife, he slashed her throat and her clothing, but she kicked him in the groin and escaped and ran home. Oh my God. And of course they look exactly alike. Okay, so my point being, I'm not gonna go through, well, let's see if any of them are good. Here's one about vehicular homicide. Mm, busted, don't drink and drive y'all. Um, so this guy gives some thanks to people at the end of the paper. One of them is Edwin Jones, the man's voice who you heard at the beginning of the show. You guys, these are an untapped resource for Morgulons. How? Why? Because, all right, I've said it so many times on this show before. I don't know if you out there have glitters having to do with your Morgulons. If glitter comes out of your skin, um, it has been happening to me since Morgulons started. It, come, it first came out of my palms, and then it started coming out of my face, and then the wounds on my face. And now it is always ever-present embedded in my skin and coming out of my skin and i also find sometimes relatively large particles glittering particles in my environment um, most of which are hexagons or squares but also i have seen ones that were very clearly neither of those and nor were they rectangular so i want to get this guy a picture of my polygon iridescent polygon alonagalon gosh um and ask him, hey buddy, what is this thing? If y'all got pictures, videos, samples, consider sending them to Edwin Jones or Bill, Bob Blackledge, Purple Cox, or wait, 
bigpurpleatcox.com or something. I said it at the beginning of the show, y'all. Rewind. That's what it's there for. Okay. Maybe don't dox people with your match boxes, but iridescent holographic hexagon galons. If we can show that it is not just by chance that we're finding these glitters, men don't wear makeup, nobody I know is fucking around with glittery cards and wearing glitter clothes really all too often. So why the fuck is it that there's glitter in my environment and on my face, in my skin, in my palms every single day? If that is happening to you as well, then theoretically, if we could establish that these samples were unique, they were rare, they were the same between us in different parts of the country, using different products, wearing different clothes, many of us not wearing makeup, some of us wearing so much that it looks like a cosmetology school and a clown school joined forces to spackle my face into the perfect, beautiful, scarred up, spackled up face that it is. If we can show that empirically, then theoretically we might even be able to trace this shit back to the manufacturer. Why the fuck is your product inside of my body? I'd kind of like to know that. And there's probably about a, you know, at least a hundred thousand or so other morgies out there who'd like to know as well. And counting. Because this shit is spreading and it's spreading fast. Take care of yourselves. I would say be safe, but you can't be safe. So be smart and be brave. Thanks for listening and stay tuned. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.